When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And Mike couldn't make it this week. Apparently he had to like evacuate his apartment, evacuate the city because like a spiky cow or something running around. Big one. Yeah. Uh, Crazy story. It's been on all the news outlets. I'm sure you've heard about it. So yeah. Channel six has got it. Right. They've got the story. (laughs) With her. Their crack reporter slash secretary, uh, April O'Neil. <laughs> so as soon as he's, you know, as soon as that threat's been taken care of, you know, who knows, maybe we'll see if we can go help with it after this. But as soon as it's been taken care of, Mike will be back. Yeah. So we, we wish him well. We wish him well. So Spencer, what are we doing today? Today, we're going to be covering episodes 22 and 23 and 24 of season three of the 1987 cartoon ninja turtles of course that's why you're here yep so it's a return of the fly casey jones outlaw hero and mutagen monster and they were you know there's some fun bits of course as usual yeah i personally felt like there was an outlier in these three yeah i'm sure we'll talk about that later but uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah they were good they're good mostly Yeah, yeah yeah We'll talk, uh, we'll talk about uh, what happened in them, and let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. Yeah, so I am pulling double duty today. We're going to start with Return of the Fly. This is Season 3, Episode 22. First aired October 24th, 1989, written by the great Michael Reeves. The turtles are training in their lair. Raphael is showing Michelangelo a new move that he came up with while spinning some pizza dough. Splinter feels like they're being watched by something alien. Meanwhile, at the Earth's core, the Technodrome's ballast tanks are almost completely empty, so Shredder plans to steal water from the city's reservoir. The reservoir is near the sewers, meaning the turtles might interfere. In fact, Donatello has even built a new device to track the Technodrome, so they'll definitely interfere. Shredder orders Bebop and Rocksteady to grab their freeze rays and come along to the surface. Little does everyone know that they're being spied on by Baxter Stockman. Baxter's out of phase with our reality, letting him move through solid objects. This is his chance for revenge on the Turtles, Krang, and Shredder since they'll all be in one place. He goes to a skyscraper to get hit with a bolt of lightning, which puts him back in phase with our reality. April meets up with the Turtles and they make their way to the reservoir. As the turtles fight with Bebop and Rocksteady, April is kidnapped by Baxter Stockman. As she's being kidnapped, she of course drops her turtle comm. The turtles find it after driving off the bad guys, but they're out of leads. They notice where she dropped her turtle comm. There's a lot of rats around, though, which can only mean one thing. The Rat King. The Rat King actually helps them track down April, who's been tied to a bench in an abandoned subway station. While they're finding April, the bad guys come back and start draining the reservoir of its water. Baxter shows up and is caught by this Shredder, who gaslights him into believing that they're actually allies uh, and not that Baxter has been trying to get revenge on the Shredder. He offers to change Baxter back into a human form if he helps take down the Turtles. When they finally find April with the Rat King's help, Baxter springs a gas trap. It almost knocks out the Turtles, but Mike is able to use his grappling hook to turn off the gas. The bad guys head back to the transport module. The Turtles show up and get in a fight with the bad guys. In the fight, those freeze rays from earlier, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady actually shoot each other's freeze ray, sticking them in the shooting position, and they start firing off ice wildly. Baxter's frozen. Uh, the freeze ray also shoots the bottom of the reservoir, turning all of the water inside of it into ice and blowing up their water draining device. 
Baxter's frozen body slides down a hole to the Technodrome with Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady as the Turtles head back, back to their sewer layer. In the Technodrome, Shredder claims the mission wasn't a failure because Baxter Stockman, the most genius criminal in the world, is on their side now. Crane insults Baxter, uh, which drives him over the edge. He flies off in a rage, vowing even more revenge. In the sewer, Mike complains of his turtle boo-boos from the day's adventure. Splinter recommends applying some ice to the wounds. Nyap, nyap. The end. Next up, uh, again, I, I said double duty, so if you like my voice, this is the episode for you. Uh, next up, we have Casey Jones, Outlaw Hero. This is season three, episode 23. Uh, originally aired October 25th, 1989. Written by the great David Wise. Crime is afoot. An American hero slash total badass Casey Jones is on the scene. We see him foil an alley robbery, a bakery stick-up, and a sports store looting. The turtles are walking through the sewers on their way to the surface to get some pepperoni when they're discovered by Casey Jones. They fight for a bit because Casey thinks they're gang members on their way to a heist, but the turtles take off their Croucho Marks masks to prove that they aren't thieves. However, they still look like giant mutant turtles, and Casey runs off thinking they're Martian invaders. The turtles follow and fight Casey again, but he, again, he gets away. Although Raph wants to let the cops handle him, they need to stop Casey. Since he knows martial arts, fights crime, and ducks in and out of the sewers for transport, there's a chance Casey could ruin their reputation because people will think that Casey is actually the Turtles, right? Meanwhile, Krang has given Shredder a bunch of small robot bugs that can control any machine. They're going to use these to build a new supersized knucklehead machine. Uh, remember the knucklehead is that big transport thing with like boxing gloves for legs? It kind of looks like a spider. Uh, Shredder has left them out all over the city, uh, where one takes over April's news motorcycle as she's interviewing one of the punks who robbed the sports store. The turtles show up and try and stop April's motorcycle, but appliances all over the city are going haywire. The turtles are overrun by appliances and forced up against a wall, while a refrigerator on the roof above them is inching its way to the edge, ready to smash the turtles. That's when Casey Jones shows up picks up the fridge, smashes it, and generally just beats the crap out of all the machines. The, just, the turtles discover one of the appliances, one of the appliance-controlling bugs who takes off running away. Don's able to track it with some equipment for, in the turtle van, so they follow the bug. Unfortunately, the bug goes into a lake, so Raphael drives the turtle van into the lake. Uh, meanwhile, Shredder and Krang have successfully taken over a factory and are working on their giant knucklehead. Now, it turns out, uh, Don wasn't actually tracking a bug. One of the bugs got into his computer system, and so they were being tricked uh, to make it look like a bug was in the lake to get Raphael to drive the truck into the lake. Uh, it slips away, and K Casey and the turtles follow the bug into the factory. Casey's ready to kick some butt and bust in to find Krang with his new giant knucklehead. Krang breaks out of the factory to wreak havoc on the city with his new knucklehead, and Shredder sets the machines in the factory to attack the turtles. Casey tells the turtles to go after Shredder while he goes after the big boss, Krang. Casey climbs aboard the knucklehead, but is caught in handcuffs. The, turtle fight, the turtles find Shredder in one of the back rooms of the factory, and they're able to defeat him by throwing a slice of pie at his face and stealing the remote for the bugs. The turtles catch up to Krang and Casey and free Casey. Casey busts a hole in the side of the knucklehead, and Don gives him the remote to throw into it. The remote's been set to retrieve all of the bugs, so they all come pouring into the hole in the side of the giant machine. This causes the knucklehead to go haywire and beat itself up until it explodes. Crane ejects, and his suit is able to catch him, and he gets away with Shredder and a mutant module. The turtles try to thank Casey for his help, but he's already left. Leo thinks this probably isn't the last time they'll see Casey Jones. The end. All right. So... Now you're going to have to hear my grating voice. <laughs> you sound like a, a mix between Fergie and Jesus. <laughs> it's I'm going to take Step that Brothers. as a compliment. It's from Step Brothers. <laughs> okay. I, you're probably too I young for that I haven't seen one. it. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're, I mean, there's a lot of people my age that have seen it. I've just never gotten around to watching okay. it. <laughs> I, it I imagine it's not the worst thing. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's a great compliment. All right, so the story, The Mutagen Monster, written by Mark Edens and Michael Edens. It was uh, first aired October 26, 
1989. All right, so Shredder needs two chemicals used to make mutagen so that he can make a mutant army. Two trains that have one of each of the chemicals are going to pass by in one spot, so he will steal them there. Bebop and Rock City screw everything up and make the trains crash, causing the chemicals to mix into puddles of mutagen on the ground. Cows drink it, and they become a big spiky mutant cow. The turtles show up to stop it. Shredder tries to control it by shouting at it and fails. The turtles fail to wrangle it. Shredder retreats to the Technodrome, and the turtles retreat to their lair. Shredder gets a device to control the bull, while the turtles create a plan to use a collider to demutate him. Shredder gets to the cow first and attaches the device, but the April comes. But then April comes in out of nowhere and crashes her van into the module Shredder is on and makes him lose the remote. Bebop picks it up and pushes the wrong button and causes the cow to rampage. It heads toward the collider, and so Michelangelo quickly activates the machine just in time to demutate the cow. Shredder runs off, and everything is fine. The end. Riveting. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't really like a whole lot that actually happened in this one. Gonna be There's honest. a whole lot of like wrangling in yeah. this episode, but not a whole lot of like real substance, you know? <laughs> yeah, like not, not really a whole lot of plot there. <laughs> but you know, we can talk about that probably more later on in the second time around. Yeah. Hey, uh, nice junk. So uh two of these episodes uh feature Greg Berg instead of Barry Gordon doing Donatello and, and Bebop. Uh, this mm -hmm. Return of the Fly and Mutagen Monster. So he must be getting pretty busy, Barry Gordon, because he's having a lot of fill-in episodes. Yeah. Yeah, he's been having quite a few. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny that in that in the Fly episode that uh, the motivation tape that they've got, like Bebop and Rocksteady listening to, is very, very... 80s mind over matter stuff like oh, very yeah. much just like i am in control like, yeah. i didn't even touch on that but that's like a whole subplot that they're like they're trying to get better by watching these uh self-help tapes yeah which only leads to them getting in a bigger fight during the the climax of the episode as they suppress their emotions yeah i mean yeah. who knows maybe they're a bit ahead of their time on that one i don't know yeah i don't know <laughs> They also brought in, like, every villain we've ever seen in this episode. Like, the Rat King was in there. Stockman, yeah. Shredder, Krang. Like, every, like, main villain that isn't already, like, working for another villain is in there. I know. This was a real tour de force kind of episode that way. Yeah. Um, although, basically no foot soldiers, I don't think. No, like I said, it's pretty yeah, much but... just, like, head dudes in charge, you know, that don't have anyone over them. Yeah. You know, like main villains, I guess, is what those kind of are that you see. Yeah. I guess Baxter, though, is usually a henchman of Shredder, so. Yeah. This is a good episode to sell toys, because not only were there, like, all the bad guys, but also the retro catapult was in this episode. Mm -hmm. That was a toy. It, it gets, like, a split-second little cameo. Kind of cool. Yeah. It did what it set out to do, I think, on this episode. Yeah. I also thought it was cool. Uh, there's a part where April, like when April gets kidnapped, she's uh -huh. like, who, who are you? But like, she knows who Baxter Stockman is. And I was like, how does she not know that this is still Baxter Stockman? But I, I went, I went and checked. I could, I consulted my notes and uh, that episode where he becomes Baxter Stockman is also the episode where she's under the, like the poison, the gazelle leaf or that, oh, whatever yeah. that plant was. So she was like knocked out that entire episode. So Good wow. job on the continuity here, Michael Reeves. You really, really got it. We're going to give you a thumbs up on that one. Like, yeah. that is the best I've ever seen in continuity in this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and same, like, Baxter's out of phase because at the end of the last one, he went, like, six seconds in the future. Mm -hmm. That's why he's out of phase at the beginning of this one. So, yeah. Good job. Good job. Yeah. We also get to see his skeleton again, which is still just nightmare fuel when he gets hit by electricity. <laughs> so scary it's so messed up i don't know why they do it <laughs> i don't know it's one of those cartoon things that's like in all cartoons so when you get shocked you see the skeleton you know yeah, yeah. i don't know for me it doesn't phase me i'm kind of maybe i'm desensitized to it <laughs> did you see that loot crate i think it was a loot crate they made a an action figure of the turtles getting shocked like in turtles in time so it's just like it's just like ah and like it looks like a skeleton oh yeah yeah i have seen those yeah yeah hilarious <laughs> it's like yeah i guess i can you know 
have this figure of the turtle suffering. Why not? Or these characters <laughs> suffering? Right. What a great part of my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's all I got for that one. Yeah, that's about all I had as well. Yeah. So then, Casey Jones. So, I mean, we already covered the most recent ep- issue of The Last Ronin. And so I just realized, like, Casey Jones gets a sledgehammer out and uses it in that issue. Mm-hmm. And is that supposed to be a reference to his first appearance in this when he pulls out a sledgehammer and hits the knucklehead? I think, I feel like it kind of should be, right? Like, it, Right. I thought it was weird, too, when I read the last one that he had a sledgehammer. Because I'm like, he's not known for using a sledgehammer. But here yeah. it is. So I I, I assume that well, the, Ben Bishop or yeah. Ben Bates or whatever. Yeah. Well, because the thing that does happen in the comic is that, you know, he falls to the ground. And there's there's a sledgehammer there. And he's like, ah, that'll do great. Right. You know, better than my bats are against these robot ninjas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then proceeds to beat them with it and so you know once again in this one he needs a sledgehammer to beat open this metal uh you know the knucklehead the knucklehead i i don't know about you but i think the knucklehead is kind of lame like it's like a spider with boxing gloves for legs for feet yeah you know yeah it's definitely not my favorite vehicle i've ever seen yeah same but neither are really most of the vehicles in the show <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so I would I would think that sledgehammer is probably a reference to this because it's, I mean, it's like the exact same sledgehammer too. You know, yeah. it's shaped exactly the same. So, um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Dirty Harry, that Clint Eastwood movie, is kind mm-hmm. of what, that's what Pat Fraley's trying to do here with Casey Jones' voice. So yeah, yeah, and he goes on saying like, you know, make my night instead of make my day. Yes, to the, to the criminals. <laughs> right. Yeah, very much. I've never seen Dirty Harry, but I've heard enough references to it that right. I picked up on it. Mm-hmm. And again, we see uh, Krang's android body walk on its own. Like it, it follows Shredder out of the room and kind of hangs out with him at the end. So and definitely got an autopilot system in there or something. Maybe he should send his body out just, you know, with Shredder more often. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to lose it, though. I've always wondered why he just like hangs out in the Technodrome because like his hands turn into like maces and claws and he's got yeah. laser eyes. I'm like, why are you just hanging out like delegating? Get out there and kick some butt, man. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes you just don't want to be in the line of fire. Yeah. I also think uh, Bebop and Rocksteady's motivational taste must be working a little bit because they're like super competent in this episode. They're only in one part. They don't mess it up. And it's when they're putting the bugs on the city street. Is come up to like okay we'll do this and now we're done <laughs> they don't mess it up they don't get in a fight they don't uh try to charge through a wall and bring the building down on themselves they're just super confident <laughs> yeah i mean good for them yeah <laughs> <laughs> um also like i will say that this casey jones is actually fairly similar to his comic book counterpart he's not incredibly far off but i do think he's very much more like just like the me, myself, and I, Casey Jones. You know, the other one doesn't really run around trying to be Clint Eastwood all the time and, and you know, directly quoting stuff like that. But it is a way to translate that he is inspired by bad TV. And so that that is what Casey does in this, in this yeah. episode. Well, and like violence is an answer to everything, which is the mm-hmm. same as he was in Mirage. And like not knowing the line between like a purse snatcher and a murderer. You know, yeah. um, it's it's over the top of this episode, but it is like surprisingly close to how it was in the comics. Yeah, like I said, especially if you want, want to just go off the me, myself and I issue after he gets fleshed out in, you know, the Northampton issue and and kind of later, it's not quite the same. You know, he yeah. shows a bit more depth as a character. But, you know, as far as like his more one dimensional aspects that are in that first Raphael one shot, he's actually pretty close. Yeah, yeah that's all i really got for this same and mutagen monster really all i had was again no barry gordon um i didn't notice that greg berg was doing bebop in the last episode in uh return of the fly like he sounds about the same but for whatever reason in this episode i was like oh that's not barry gordon (laughs) it was very clear to me (laughs) that bebop was someone else yeah i mean i have a few things here so i think it's actually the first time we've seen bebop and rocksteady kill people I mean, you don't see the people directly die, 
but they do cause a massive train wreck. Like, there's no way people survived. That's all I'm saying. That was actually one of my anchovies. Was like, why is no one like covering the train crash or like helping the victims or anything? Like those trains don't just run on the, themselves, you know? Yeah. So I'm just, you know, Bebop and Rex City actually killed people in this episode. So there's there's a bit of those, you know, Mirage Turtles there. <laughs> well, that's a massive. I mean, that's yeah, that's a like national news story when trains crash. That's a massive like. Yeah, first time killing someone <laughs> event. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, hey, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna kill people, you might as well, you know, <laughs> you might as well make it a big one, make it a mass right. murder. You know, that's it's motivational taste, man. This is motivational <laughs> taste. I'm like, oh, we could do anything. We, we could do two full trains of people. <laughs> they definitely didn't, you know, do it on accident because they're stupid. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> that's right because they were like fighting over the the track thing weren't they oh, yeah man. that's what caused them to crash <laughs> <laughs> oh man good eye we should keep a running toll of how many people they kill through these episodes i'm there sure this go. isn't the last time i'll I'm... give a, i'll give a rust rough estimate of 100 people on this one yeah yeah there you go <laughs> we should keep a separate tally for intentional and just like stupid goof up <laughs> Also, I could have sworn that when they were in Splinter's room, the sewer lair looks different. Like, at least in Splinter's room. Maybe we haven't seen his room before, but it just looked different than normal. I swear I'd not seen anything like it before. I do not remember how it looked because I watched it way earlier this week. But There's I'll just take more, more Japanese stuff around the lair instead of looking like, you know, a living room from a sitcom. But in the sewers, there was like... You know, like the paper lamps and stuff like that hanging around. Oh, okay. Uh, because I know we've seen, like, we've seen their sleeping layers, which is kind of like a hallway with four, like two holes in each side of the wall. But they mm-hmm. each sleep in a hole. You got the kitchen, the living room. They have like a training room that has weapons on the wall. I can't remember what Splinter's room looks like. This might be the first time we've seen it. And I also think that like 50% of the 2012 Ninja Turtles series was inspired by this episode. You know, mutagen has been spilt and something has become mutated by it. We must solve the problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I love the 2012 series, but it definitely like the way I like to describe it is like it has the highest highs and the lowest lows for me. Like, yeah, when it's good, it is so good. Mm-hmm. But when it's bad, it's like every episode is like this thing got hit with mutagen and we got to stop it. This thing got hit with mutagen, we got to stop it. Yeah. We gotta go into space for yet another episode to do a time travel thing that's not gonna matter. Like the whole thing. <laughs> but yeah. When it's good, man, it's so good. But yeah, otherwise it's this episode. Totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this was the outlier for me. Uh, because like the other ones, like we said, Return of the Fly is like a tour de force of like all the action figures you had. Uh Casey Jones has Casey Jones, man. And like he's I love him in this series. He's so good. And then the Mutagen Monster is just like there's a mutant cow you know <laughs> yeah well then if we're talking about the uh the downsides of these maybe we should take it into anchovies totally no anchovies you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble okay so stockman is just a huge dimwit for a genius you know like that's <laughs> he's very easily you know like he was gaslighted once before you know, before when he was upset with Shredder and he just gets gaslighted again the second he shows up and sees Shredder again. It takes nothing either. Yeah. Shredder's just like, hey, we're friends. Like, oh, yeah, we are friends. Like, there's oh, yeah. nothing to convince him. Barely, I, it's three words, we are friends. And Baxter's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> man. Oh, man. I can't remember what I was thinking about just a second ago, friend. <laughs> well, and like, he has no idea what he's going to do to the turtles. Like he even admits it himself. He's like, finally my revenge. I don't know what I'm going to do, but they're not going to like it. And then Shredder's like, he's a criminal genius. Like he's an idiot at best. Yeah. Like sure. He can create some new gadget, but that that's it. You know, like he's a technical genius, but in every other aspect of his life, he's an idiot. (laughs) Even that, like he, what's he done for us recently? Like he made the Mausers and he had that weird gun that shot like, hands and feet but like he hasn't done anything since then he's just buzzed around and yeah yeah I don't know. that's been about it 
And then how many jokes uh, like about the corny dialogue can we get in a single episode? I mean, we've already gotten it in several episodes, but then they just went all out over and over again on like, man, what corny dialogue? Oh man, who writes his dialogue? It was like a lot. Raphael has the whole bit like, I knew he was going to say that. I knew she was going to say that. I knew he was going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, all right. Like, it's funny every once in a while, but now you've just, you've overdone it. (laughs) Yeah. They're really leaning into it. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you, but like, I felt like this episode just kind of ended. Like, it didn't really feel like it needed to, but like, Baxter just like flies away at the end. Yeah. Come on now. Also, like, so the entire plot of this episode is that they need water for their ballast tanks, right? Okay, yeah. But we know that water can come through the transport modules because that's how they ruined the submarine battery just like two episodes ago. So like, why not just like drill up into the bottom of the ocean? You're in the center of the earth, right? Just drill up into the bottom of the ocean. Now you have all the water you ever need. Why do you have to go to the sewer reservoir? I, th- these are the things that keep me up at night, man. <laughs> yeah, these are the things I try not to think about when watching this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to forget everything you know already. But that's like, especially, that's like especially Logic. bad for this episode because it's really good with other parts of continuity. And even like speaking of that, like the retro catapult is in this episode. But like Michelangelo trips over it and then we never see it again. It's like, why, yeah. was, the, why was it even in this episode? Especially because they do a good job of like, Donatello mentions the Rat King when Splinter is like, hey, I think we're being watched. Donatello's like, is it the Rat King? Then the Rat King shows up and Shredder's like, get your freeze rays. And then the freeze rays play an important part. But then Michael Andrew trips with the retro catapult and we never see it again. It really bugged me. <laughs> Look, they got it in for the toy. Yeah. We're good now. No. I know. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same problem I had with the sewer party tube thing. Uh-huh. And they like, they're like, Don's like, here's my new sewer tube and shows all the cool gadgets and then the city floods and he uses the turtle van and some inner tubes. Come uh-huh. on, man. <laughs> Wasted opportunity. And I've, my next anchovy, I've complained about this before, but April drops that turtle com again. Yeah. <laughs> One of the favorite plot devices. <laughs> yeah. And they're able to track the, the turtle com and she wears she has like four pouches down each side of her body that she could keep those that turtle com in like how is she dropping it all the time <laughs> don't most of them have flat flaps you know they can like button down or something yes! you know to keep it in there there's zippers on her arm like everything like she's she's stacked with pockets she drops her turtle com immediately every time drives me nuts it's all right the turtles are always able to save her because of it though know where yeah, she is true uh, my last one for this. I don't know if you noticed this. This episode ends with a weird, like, all the turtles laughing, and they stop laughing. It like freeze frames. And oh it yeah. Slowly fades out to the center. <laughs> what was that about? <laughs> you know, I'm waiting for like you know like the the gospel music to start and for it to be like Raphael became a barber. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Donatello ran for mayor of <laughs> of New Jersey or something. Yeah. Gosh, New York yeah. City. Michelangelo went on to be a self-starter and got his own business going of party <laughs> favors. You know, like yeah, Leonardo's teaching inner school kids basketball. Yeah. Oh man, that really rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, he died That's... a full life after marrying Irma. You know, like... <laughs> if Irma is in the turtles this week, right? Yeah, depends on uh, I guess her mood, how desperate yeah. she is. She hasn't been on a date in a while. She's definitely into the turtles. Was Irma in any of these episodes? I don't think so, actually, now that you mention it. Uh, I think like the rest of the news crew was in these episodes, were they? Vernon shows up in the the cow one. Okay. okay. Yeah, mutagen monster. That's right. But very briefly, he's going to steal the story, and then he's like, oh, this is gross. I'm out of here, and leaves, and let's April, you know. I remember that because... And I don't know if this is an anchovy or a, a, a I love Pika Turtle, but like Vernon's like passed out on the ground and the cow monster is about to stomp him flat. And the turtles, instead of like 
moving him out of the way. They like run off and find a giant red piece of fabric and like shake it to get the bull's attention. I'm like, just move him out of the way, man. <laughs> hey, Vernon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Before we before we rip into that episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are all my uh, for the return of the fly. We gotta get on Casey Jones before I get into Beauty of Monster. Yeah, we'll get into Casey. So I don't know. It was one of those continuity issues of Casey's freaking out about the Martians, even though people have already made alien contact. Like we've seen aliens, they've been on the news. We know they exist. It, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a nut job, so I guess you can kind of remedy it with that. But I just feel yeah. like it's kind of like, all right, aliens aren't new here. Well, and again, like, shouldn't he know who the turtles are? Because like they've been they've been on live TV. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're everybody knows them. Sometimes they don't. I mean, maybe his perception of the world has just been given to him by Dirty Harry, and he's always watching Dirty Harry instead of the news. You True. Know? That, might that be sounds it, like actually. one of my problems. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the three TVs with like Steven Seagal movies and stuff at all times. Yeah. (laughs) How can you know there's a crime problem in the city though? Yeah. He's not watching the news. I don't know. My my anchovies for this were uh, there's a part where April's being attacked by a blow dryer at Channel Six, and she asks why is it why isn't anyone doing anything to stop this? Mm -hmm. And like the camera like weirdly slides her off to the side. We see Raphael like fighting something off he's he tells her to be patient mm-hmm. but i'm like what like, i know they can't hear each other because probably april dropped her turtle comm somewhere <laughs> and then leo and casey do it at the end too where like leo's like i'm sure we'll see him again and casey who's in the middle of nowhere is like i bet leonardo's right I'm like there's no way you heard him <laughs> yeah it's it's one of those like fourth ball breaking jokes that they're kind of like really leaning into to just definitely be like there are no stakes in this universe it's a cartoon right you know like yeah oh man yeah that's all i had uh, otherwise i thought it was a pretty good episode yeah i did kind of think it was weird that casey's just so much stronger than the turtles like they're surrounded entirely by these appliances and then casey comes in and just single-handedly wipes them all out you know yeah. no, no effort and the turtles are just standing there like Wow, he saved us. And he's like monster strong because like he stops that sports equipment store robbery by like throwing the entire stack of weights of a pull-up machine at a guy. Uh-huh. That's an incredible amount of weight. Uh, yeah, he's monstrous strong. Yeah, I mean I'd complain about that, but I love Frank Miller's Daredevil, and it's guilty of doing that. Daredevil like throws a huge rack of weights on top of a corrupt politician. Well, it just throws like a huge thing of weight super easily and it pins him down. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are the, it's been a long time since I've read, I think it was his run, but like a guy cocks a gun at Daredevil and shoots it and Daredevil like hits the bullet away with his baton. Yeah, like, come on. Happens in there too. <laughs> but come on. And, and stories about uh, blind superheroes with super hearing and super radar that know martial arts and stop uh, you know, alien invasions and stuff. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> and also there's the complaint of they've already fought appliances before. Back to this. Oh, the yeah. have already fought appliances before. We've already seen this. It's just kind of a repeat of, of previous stuff. I mean, this time it's with spider robots. Fair enough. You know, if that's the argument you want to make, but. It has been a full season though, right? Like that was a season two episode, right? The last time that happened? I think so. So at least has been a full season before they've repeated this plot point. Was that one also written by David Wise? Let me look this up. Sorry, this is going to bug me. Uh, Oh, The Mean Machines was a Michael Reeves episode. Okay, so two different writers at least. But yeah, weird that they recycled this plot this early. Yeah, it it is very weird that they they did it. So was it in season two? It was in season two. Yeah, season two, I think it was episode four. So, so I mean, at least, like I said, at least it's been a minute and it was different writers. You know, it's already pretty obvious that they have not been uh, working together. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's not been a whole lot of coordination going on yeah. between these guys. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's it. After that, none of my complaints are there. Mm. This is probably my favorite episode of the three. Awesome. What about a mutagen monster? I mean, we're back to the mutant army plot. 
you know it's like i wish this was a visual medium because your face just there was like ah man (laughs) like you could hardly get the words out (laughs) i mean sitting through this episode it was like you know, I, I just was waiting for it to end. You know, I, I remember hitting the button to see how far I was in the episode. And I was like, no way. Like, <laughs> there's more. But uh, yeah, it, we're back to the mutant army plot for some reason. You know, for some reason, Shredder's interested in creating a mutant army again. Yeah, because he's like has not since like episode four of the series. He has not been into making mutants whatsoever. Yeah. And now it's like a huge deal that he needs more mutants. Mm-hmm. and then like you know how many bad cow puns can you fit in one episode like there was so many just awful awful cow puns like not even funny like they were super super forced you know like i love it i like a good pun <laughs> but when you do it one too many times and it's all cow puns and a lot of them are forced and aren't even like that clever yeah it's all how many of them work. are just like Cowabunga, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cowabunga. Ah. Emphasis on the cow. Like, okay, but you can't also describe the bad joke, you know? That I makes mean, it even yeah. worse. I mean, they're exactly. They're yeah. just really milking these cow puns. Fantastic. <laughs> A slow clap for you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I had to do it. I, you know, I couldn't resist. Yeah. I, I, I love a good pun. I see it. I, I understand. My anchovies again. Why is no one helping the train victims? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then this is another one that it ends with a weird, like the turtles laughing and they freeze frame and it fades out. I'm like what? What eighties movie director is doing this? <laughs> April O'Neil went on to win a Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's di- she's directing independent films now. <laughs> the I mean in this episode, like the day is saved by terrible driving. I mean, just by clumsiness in general. Like April, like I don't know if I love it or hate it. The April just because <laughs> it's so bad, it's good, it's funny. That yeah. she just suddenly is like driving on the road and then like swerves into the park, like the car suddenly went out of control. And just like drives a considerable distance before finally crashing into the module shredders on. And yeah. it's like, what happened? <laughs> well, then I have this in my in my I love part, but like at the very end, like how many vehicles drive through those hedges at the university? First, it's the turtles and their cheapskates, then Shredder with the salt truck, and then April with the news van. Like they just hate those hedges. And then Michelangelo, like, to flip the switch, totally just trips and falls and, like, ends up flying and hitting the switch. With it's his head, like, right? With yeah. his head, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, his head smacks the switch. It's like, does you know, to save the day of the cows. It's like, man, you know, today the day was saved on sheer luck. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> on people just screwing up. I mean, it was also started by people screwing up. But. <laughs> yeah, a comedy of errors yeah. this episode. Man. Also, April has this line where she says, it's a shame you can't adopt one of these steers and start your own ranch. So many things wrong with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> number one, you can't, like, have more cows when you only have one cow. And right, not only right. is that one cow, it's a male cow, and it's a steer. Yeah. A steer is a cow that has been castrated. It cannot reproduce. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you got to start somewhere, right? You got to start also, somewhere, I guess. Also, I'm pretty sure adopting is what you do with pet animals. When it's like livestock, it's just called purchasing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like this yeah. steer is specifically meant to be neat. <laughs> hmm. I just feel like buying one cow isn't a great way to start a ranch, especially if it's a castrated male cow. Yeah. That's all right. I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad your uh, knowledge of ranchery <laughs> enhanced this episode. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess that's what happens when you you live in Utah where there's a bit more rural stuff. I don't know. I'm pretty much a city slicker, though. I don't ah, know that same. much. Yeah. my uh, So my part of the my side of our family is from rural Ohio. So just okay. like 40 minutes outside of Cincinnati. And I always thought that was like really, really r- rural. But my wife's family is from southwestern Kansas, about an hour outside of Garden City. 
Um, and that is way more rural than I've ever witnessed in my life. Like the first time I visited there, I'm like, there's just nothing. Like, at least in Ohio, there's like trees and stuff, but like you could you could you can sit on her grandmother's front step. Uh, there's a there's a road that goes out and you can see the the foam poles going down as it goes into the distance i'm like there's so much nothing here you can see the curvature of the earth yeah <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's how the, it's how the town where my wife grew up is except for mm. it's it's uh there's mountains at least out here so like you yeah. can't see the curvature of the earth mm-hmm. but yeah i remember driving some uh some long nights home from visiting her yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> on on the dark, creepy highway after watching like Supernatural and other stuff. Mm-hmm. And man, like in the town is so still at night. It is it is creepy. Like you feel like you're <laughs> on the set of a horror film. You know? <laughs> oh, I remember having perfect. to fill, fill up with gas out there and everything's just super quiet and still. And you're just waiting for something to end the stillness <laughs> and my yeah. life. You know, just one guy with a hook for a hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or you know, just Jason, you know, guy that you know, hockey mask to come out, anything yeah. really, just something to end the stillness, <laughs> and possibly my life. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't care if I die; I just want the boredom to end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was it was creepy, man. There was one night where I had like someone just tailing me on that creepy highway, like right behind me, riding my tail. Mm-hmm. I was going the speed limit, driving. I had no idea what to do, but they were just up on top of my tail, following me for a good distance. I was so mm-hmm. scared. Yeah. Slow down and let them go around you. That's what I did. I slowed down to yeah. let them go around me. Yeah. And they good. just good. kept staying right on my tail. Oh, that's go- creepy. <laughs> yeah. No, like that's what was so creepy about it is I slowed down to try and let them pass me and they wouldn't. They oh, just didn't stay there. And I was just like, my, my best guess and like the, the least scary guess is that it was a cop trying to make me speed so he could pull me over because he thought I was suspicious I was out there so late. Yeah, yeah. Got nothing better to do in those small towns. Right. That's uh, that's when you pull out your phone and you just dial 9-1 and then when something bad happens, you hit one again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyhow, yeah, we got on a tangent. That was a good tangent though. I liked it. Uh, it was fun. Are you ready to move on to what we liked about these episodes? Yeah, let's do that. Please. Enough of the negativity. Let's talk about stuff we love. Oh, I love being a turtle. Return of the Fly. I now I one of my anchovies was that April dropped her turtle com yet again. But surprise, Rat King shows up. And that wouldn't have happened had she not dropped her turtle com. Yeah. So I like that. And I, I liked the line from him where he's like, thanks again, Mickey. He calls one of the rats Mickey. <laughs> and they're like, Mickey? Yeah. He's like, we all they have our role models. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, man. I don't know. It, was just, it just caught me off guard. Made me smile. I actually liked it. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird that he's like helping them in this situation too because he was an enemy first. Mm-hmm. So he's him in a different light. Yeah, it's kind of that the Agent of Chaos type character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I really thought, I thought this was a good rap episode. Like he has a lot of good lines when uh, like Baxter shows up and he's like, it's me, Baxter Stockman, the fly. And we know it's like, it's Baxter Stockman. And Dante's like, it's the fly. And Raphael's like, wow, these sewers have a great echo. You know, uh-huh. he has a lot of good lines like that. Uh, I think there's a part where Shredder's like, what will it take to stop you guys? And Raph's like, whatever it is, you ain't got it. Yeah. Good rap episode. It's got some good lines. Yeah, he had some fun ones for sure. And they wonder why there are so many people that love Raphael. I know, right? He's cool, but kids always love the comic relief characters that, you know, get the good one liners. Yeah. That's all I had for this one. That's, uh, I thought it was a pretty good episode, but that's the only two good things I have written. So, yeah, Yeah, it was definitely among among the better episodes of the 87 series. Yeah. Casey Jones, Outlaw Hero. Uh, Again, man, I just love Casey Jones. He's got. He's got like all of the good bad puns. I tried to like start writing them down, but I have like I have like 14 bullet points here. I was like, I'm not gonna read all of these, but like you know, the guy is robbing a dude and he's like, Do you have any bubble gum or jawbreakers? And Casey Jones is like, I'll give you a jawbreaker, beats him up. I love it. He's so <laughs> over the top, it's so ridiculous. I love it. He's yeah. so good. <laughs> 
yeah, it's just funny, and, and he's funny, and it's fun overall. His his personality, yeah. Like like I said, he's not too far off from his comic book counterpart. Yeah, I love I love when he fights those machines. He's like face stern justice appliances, just beating the crap out of them. So yeah. good. Oh man. <laughs> One of my bullet points is just exploding bread, because there's that <laughs> scene with the toaster where it like shoots bread at him. And it explodes. Yeah, the two pieces of bread hit each other and explode. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> God, it's like in Pokemon when, like, the razor leaf and the bubble beam hit and explode for some reason. It's like, yeah. who, who's, why? You know, why is the bread exploding? I don't care, but it puts a smile on my face, so it's going here. <laughs> yeah, I cannot say enough. I'm just looking through some of these bad puns. I cannot say enough about Casey Jones. Yeah, he he throws that guy in a basketball hoop. He's like, "Consider yourself slam dunked." Oh, I love it. Even even though love I complained it. about the the Martians are coming part, it is funny when he's like, "The Martians are coming." He just like bangs a hole in the vent and like crawls into it. It's <laughs> like, wow, like this guy's a nut job. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah, he's so crazy strong that he breaks through the concrete side of the top of a sewer and escapes through like a hole he digs or something. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Just bangs open to this thing, but he's like, you know, crawling into it. And the way he does it, it just looks really funny. Like they yeah. did a good job delivering the comedy on that one. Also, but like, why were the turtles wearing Groucho Marx masks? They have masks. And we've seen them go out. They were in their, like, they were in their, like, winter gear. We've seen them go out without the mask before. That's weird, man. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. I mean... oh. <laughs> but, yeah. Huh. Good episode. It's just though. the issues of the, yeah, it's just those continuity issues, you know. Yeah, yeah. I thought those continuity issues. This was my favorite of the three. It was like this, then Return of the Fly, then the Nugent Monster was a, a very far third. But Casey Jones was just so good in this episode. Yeah, Can't no, I love getting to be introduced to Casey Jones. Yeah, and that concludes the I love being a turtle segment, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I got nothing else. Yeah, we're now halfway through season three. And we will yeah. also be moving completely into unexplored territory for me. Oh, uh, perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. This is it, Mr. Frodo. One step further and I'll be the farthest from the Shire I've ever been. <laughs> so. Oh, man. I'm just looking at some of the titles of stuff coming up. This is going to be... We're going to have some fun, man. We're going to have fun. You know, like what, I, what I'm really looking forward to in, in seeing in this series is seeing characters like Tempestra come in, Lord Dreg, these ones that I've heard about, but I have no, I don't know anything about them. And I just want to see what these other villains that are not Shredder and Krang are and, and kind of what their backstories are. Yeah. See, I'm just looking like we got a, a Leatherhead episode, a couple of Leatherhead episodes coming up. Uh, Usagi Ojimbo's in this, in this season. Oh, cool. Um, there's one here called Pizza by the Shred. That sounds fun. One called Shredderville. Apparently, we got another Baxter Stockman. This is we're gonna have fun, man. I'm excited yeah. for you to watch this uh, next part. Yeah, I've I've seen part of the Pizza by the Shred one, and it's because someone recommended it to me for some anchovy audio that I'm going to re-record because I tried to record it, mm-hmm. and then it was a terrible recording, so I've never used it for the end of the episodes. But I'm gonna re-record it when we watch that one, and hopefully start using that as one of our anchovy transitions. Perfect for some inside baseball for those guys uh, who wanted to know. Yeah, I also need to re-record when Donatello says "I love being a turtle" in the 2012 series. I haven't been able to get a good recording of it, so I plan on trying to include 2012 stuff a little bit more in other other series besides the ones I've used because I feel like I've been missing modern stuff. Trying to think, like I don't remember them ever talking about anchovies or. Did they ever say I love being a turtle in that one? In 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Donatello, like, it's the episode with, like, the Sasquatch. Donatello gets kissed on the cheek by April, and then he's like, I love being a turtle. Just use that audio, man. That was a perfect represent. That was, like, that was a good Rob Paulson. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I-, I wasn't trying that hard. So the fact that it came out so nicely, apparently. Yeah. I really thought, I was like, oh, man, I suddenly on Rob Paulson's podcast. I need to shape up. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Let's hurry and break into news. Yeah. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. What you got for us this week? So, uh, something I saw and I, I read on their blog post. So, I mean, I could be wrong. I was trying to find the link to it. But Pops, they're releasing their first wave of digital Pops that you can buy, which is really interesting. I mean, I usually don't like buying digital cards or digital things, but they're going to have digital cards that you can buy uh, that are going to be NFTs. But it looks like with it, you'll be getting like a coin, a digital coin that you will then be able to redeem and actually receive a physical pop for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I did some research. It looks like they're like the cards are broken into rarities. So like mm -hmm. common, uncommon. And it sounds like the rare... And I think it was one called like Grail, which I guess is even rarer. Like those will be the ones that you can redeem for an actual for an actual pop. pop. But the normal yeah. cards you don't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that less. Um, it's an interesting idea. If you're yeah. into that, if you're into digital purchasing digital things, then go for it. Not my thing, but it could be yours. Yeah, probably. Listener, I probably will will shy away. I only have actually two turtles pops. I have. The Donatello from the movie and the Krang. So I don't know if I'm going to like get some exclusive pop and be like, well, now I have to get all of them. (laughs) Yeah, I really need to. And I mean, I need to get them before they're gone, too. They might already be hard to get. But those 1990s Ninja Turtle pops, I do like the way those look a lot. I didn't really like the ones before them. Mm -hmm. So I do have the Turtles Ikis, which I mentioned before on the show. And I've got the Krang, the Krang uh, pop, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, they're coming out with Secret of the Ooze ones. Did we ever talk about those? Yeah, we brought those okay, up cool, before cool, on cool. here. Um, I know you collect pops. I always say I don't collect pops, but I was counting earlier, and I have at least 10 in this room. And in my office at work, there's at least five. So apparently I collect pops in, in some capacity. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that, that's kind of my thing is it's like, wow, how did I end up with so many? And then I yeah. remember like, oh, yeah, every time I go to a convention, there's a booth where it's like, buy two get one free it's like mm-hmm. wow what an amazing deal and i love all three of these characters you know Perfect. master roshi doing the kamehameha wave i need that you know <laughs> Can't I, live without that i always told myself like i'm gonna get stuff that i can't get other things of so like i have proto man from mega man mm-hmm. um i have some other like bart man uh from the simpsons duff man from the simpsons also i have a couple of simpsons ones but then I'm looking through around here and like, I've got uh, Aquaman and Batman. I'm like, what was I thinking? Like, those are like two of the more common action figures and Legos and every other thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. But yeah, I just remembered I do have the 80s cartoon Casey Jones pop. I have that one. So oh, nice. Before that nice. one became too expensive to, to buy anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So that was kind of cool. But I totally took it out of the box, so. <laughs> lost all its value yeah. lost all its value anyway <laughs> i think they're cooler out of the box personally but i me too i don't like keeping things in the box i can't do it same yeah i'm like you know i, I see pictures of guys collections and they're like hanging on the wall on pegs and in the box and everything like, it just looks like a store it just kind of looks a little boring to me i like when they're out and you can pose them and stuff but yeah no, yeah no diss on you if you do that you know you have fun with your own stuff but for me personally i like to take them out of the box so. yeah let us know collector listeners yeah what do you yeah. prefer <laughs> in the box or out of the box let us know in the comments below yeah right <laughs> make sure you smash that like button hit that yeah. subscribe button <laughs> you, you stop <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of things coming in boxes, uh, Walmart announced an exclusive uh, toy line. It's all four turtles. They're black and white. They have red bandanas, and they're like battle damaged. And it looks it looks like they're the same action figures that that uh, were announced a couple of weeks ago. The like fifteen dollar ones that look like the the Figunarts molds. Um, but yeah, they're, they're they have red bandanas. They have a bunch of accessories, and they're just like spattered with blood. So. Go to walmart.com and you can place an order for those right now, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just don't want to, I don't want to poo-poo on everything, but I don't like them, those either. You know, and I'm yeah. someone that likes the Mirage Turtles, but I feel like you can't take the 80s Turtles and just make them gray and give them red masks and 
cover them in battle scars and say, ah, oh, yes, it's the Mirage Turtles. Yeah, especially because like they still have the initials on the belt. Yeah, they've still got the initials on the belt buckle. Like Donatello's like one of his extra items is a piece of pizza. And their extra heads have them like smiling. And yeah. So it almost looks like creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a little disturbing, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I per- I'm personally not a fan of black and white with red colored bandana. Like I want uh-huh. black and white or color with red bandana. I just I don't think the I understand why like people like it, but it's not for me. So yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. It's because like they never look like that. Like that's mm-hmm. a that's a total marketing look. That's not like how they looked in the comic or a TV show or anything. So yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of like once again, like what my issue with this is it's like you just repainted 80s figures in black and white, <laughs> red headbands, gave them some battle scars. This isn't the comic book turtles. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be a stickler about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like someone was, you know, just came in and was like, so we, you know, people are talking about, you know, the ones in the comic books. Well, you know, what's, what's, what, what's different about the ones in the comic books? Well, you know, they're in black and white and they all wear red masks and they've got a, and they're grittier, you know, like people, there's blood. I'm like, all right, just take our figures and do that to them. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's part of the reason I don't like the the red bandana with the black and white, because it does sound like someone was telling someone, oh yeah, they used to be in black and white and they all had the same color bandana, which was red. And whoever was designing was like, okay, I'll do both of those. But like, they never look like that, you know? So. Yeah. And there was blood. Yeah. Put, put cuts on. Yeah, no. Yeah. It, yeah. There we go. It, We've done it. It almost looks, if you look at the, the listing on walmart.com, it almost looks like they photoshopped existing figures and just like put red and made them black and white. Yeah. It, it, almost. I'm not sure it is, but yeah. Not for me. Choice. But yeah, if, not for if me you either. Want, um only 75 dollars though for all four turtles which is a pretty low price nowadays so yeah i don't think i know about anything else that's coming out on the figure side of things without me either Uh, mike's really good at that and i think we're also kind of in the lull after comic-con you know a lot of stuff got announced um i did get an email from neca that kind of detailed their shipping process so um if you order something from neca be sure to check that email it looks like if you ordered multiple things they'll all be coming at the same time in the last time available that they're shipping it out so you might have to wait till the end of the year to get everything if you ordered a bunch of stuff so yeah check your emails that's what i'm saying in comic book news we missed this one last week i thought it was coming out in august because you know ninja turtles turns 10 uh, you know when you're listening to this it'll be 10 years old wow uh here in august that's but, crazy uh, They've, yeah, they've released the annual, like, the 28th, so, or something like that. You know, it's like a free, few days before August, and so I was thought it was coming out in August. I missed it last week. but I thought it was, too. I almost think it got moved up or something, because I I thought it was in August, too, but I picked have. it up. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, go check it out. I haven't read it yet, but yeah, Armageddon Games is beginning with this one, the annual. Yeah. So that's out there. It's going to be like an event comic. Yeah. Do we know what issue that starts in? Like what number? Because I know I know Sophie Campbell's on it into like the twenties a little bit, but I don't know exactly when. Yeah, I think because as far as I could tell, when Tom Waltz was talking about it being like an event thing, it sounds like Sophie Campbell will continue on the current book, and this will be like running along on the side as the Armageddon games. That that's how I understood it when he was talking to us. Maybe I misunderstood. I like it. Yeah, I, I've still been trying to, you know, find time and been working my way through book 13 of the IDW collection. Meanwhile, I've caught up on the Sophie Campbell end of things. I'm like a month behind because I wait till they go for that lower price on uh, Comixology. Cool. So I'll be caught up on everything and in probably about a month. I'll be, yeah, I'm about a month behind. That's kind of where I sit. Awesome. But yeah, I'm in the middle of Shredder in Hell, and I've only read issue one, and it's already got me feeling those feels. It's actually pretty good so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's it a, wasn't. That's a good. That's a good like lead up to issue 100. It's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm really into it. I love what they've done with with City at War. Any other news? Uh, video games or movies or anything? I can't think of anything. No, I haven't heard anything at all. Yeah. 
if you're out there and you, you know something, tag us on some social media page, uh, Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, we like to keep it in the loop, you know? So let us know. Yeah. So Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week, we're going to be reading issues 45, 46, and 47 from volume one of TMNT. See, that's Leatherhead 2, which is a Dan Berger issue, and then Masks Part 1 and 2, which is a Michael Dooney joint. So it should be good. Which Keith was, you know, right in that last episode when he said that this is the return to continuity. So these books are a part of, uh, must be a part of the Peter Laird continuity then. Yeah, at least in that last note, it said like uh, Peter Laird was like, we're going to be going back to original continuity with creators with Mirage and Dan Berger and Michael Dooney were both with Mirage. So there you go. These ones count. These ones count. So <laughs> we're back into it after this at City at War. We're getting close to hitting the end of volume one. Yeah, what? This is issue 45. There's only 64 two issues so we're mm-hmm. on like the, the home stretch here yeah it's, it's gonna good feel too. good to to finish uh a section yeah <laughs> right can i close the book yeah. yeah so that's our show this week if you enjoyed the show please let us know on all of our socials we're on facebook twitter and instagram at ninja turtle ph or ninja turtle power hour if you search us up make sure you rate and review on those podcast apps that you use, it helps. And we love hearing from you guys and seeing what you like. So we can keep doing it. So guys, until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Gonna put an ice cold piece of pizza on my boo-boos. There you go, Mike. That one was for you. I love it. Speaking of which, I actually just remembered that I have a collider like down in the basement. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we should probably go help Mike out. That's that's fortunate, man. Yeah, let's go.